It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Are we overreacting to Nick Mullins' four-interception performance against the Lions, or should he actually be benched for Jaron Hall? Let's get into it and all the rest of your questions on Locked on Vikings. You are Locked on Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. If you are new to the Locked On Vikings podcast, what is going on? My name is Luke Braun. I will be your host, uh, and it is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it is an audio listening place like Sirius XM uh, or anywhere else you listen to your favorite shows. You can also find the show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Thank you so much to those of you who listen to this show every single day. My hashtag every day is you guys are the bedrock of this show. Cannot tell you how much I appreciate you, especially on this, which is the last Twitter Tuesday of the 2023 uh, calendar year. Twitter Tuesday is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is a great place to find last minute tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account. Locked on NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today on the show is Twitter Tuesday. So if you have questions for me, you can always send them to me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL or at Locked on Vikings. You can fill out the Google form in the show notes or send me an email at Locked on Vikings podcast at gmail.com because I'm on a bit of an improvised setup on a tiny, tiny little laptop. I don't have all of it in front of me. So I just got like Twitter open. <laughs> so I'm just going to read them off. Uh, and the first one, is one that is full of this questions everywhere this season. I got this question a ton during the game, after the game, and when I put out this call for Twitter Tuesday questions. But my favorite iteration of it comes from not a sports fan who says, am I wrong for really liking a lot of what Mullins did? Obviously, you can't throw four picks, but it seems like his desire to always push the ball downfield and give his guys a chance is exactly what KOC wants in a guy. And if Mullins was 40% better, he would be perfect. Um, so to that last part, yeah, if he was better, he would be better. That, that's, the logic's a bit circular there. But... Okay, so I definitely see what you're getting at, right? The ball was a little bit better at being on time. Not on the interceptions. He wasn't consistent about it, but he could, like, do it at all, which puts him above Josh Dobbs for me. Um, And a lot of people asked a version of the same question, which was like, okay, so is that enough to get him benched? Are we going to see Jaron Hall? Personally, I don't think we're going to see Jaron Hall. I do not think that that... I mean, four interceptions on its own and a much worse offensive output against the Bears... And then a whole bye week to like marinate in that was not enough for Kevin O'Connell to bench Josh Dobbs, who had all kinds of other things working against him that would have made for a perfectly sensible benching anyways. Like it made a lot more sense to bench Dobbs after his four interception game than it does to bench Mullen after his, Mullins after his, in my opinion, at least because Mullins 
did have camp with the with the team. So the idea that you're going to have to improvise with the playbook all the time and therefore maybe you should go away from like that logic is logic that really spurred me to say, hey, maybe we should let Josh Dobbs like chill a little bit um, and not rely on him and not have to live like this because we don't have to. Well, with Nick Mullins, you don't have that problem also compounding things, right? And also the offense is just better with Nick Mullins. It just moves better. Like he just, he's better. He's, he's better at, at getting the football into the hands of his guys. He has Justin Jefferson. Josh Jobs only did for one game immediately uh, through hospital football and got him hurt. So maybe that's uh, a little bit, um, maybe that's a little bit less of a strong point. Um, but I, I think what not a sports fan is saying here, the fact that Nick Mullins is aggressive and Kevin O'Connell's going to love that means I don't think he gets benched. I've been calling for Jaron Hall, but I do so with humility. All right. I get it. And I get that the Vikings are going to be patient. I'm not going to freak out over it. Like a lot of people are. I don't think it's insane to keep Mullins in or anything like that. Um, but I, I would love to see Jaron Hall for the last part of the season, but if they don't think Jaron Hall is better than Nick Mullins and Hey, based on training camp, I, they do not. Like if they did, they would already have him over the over Mullins on the depth chart. They would not say, yeah, we think Jaron Hall is better, but we're going to start Nick Mullins. That is not a logic we, because they are starting Nick Mullins. We necessarily know that they think Mullins is better. I don't think their mind's going to change on that after after a four interception game because it already has it like that's kind of going to tell us where to go now. If we have a short leash, maybe against the, the Packers and if he throws two interceptions and he gets benched at halftime, hey, that is kind of the way that they approach things with Dobbs as well. So I could see them kind of doing the same thing there. I would love to see a little bit of Jaron Hall. Maybe if they're you know eliminated, they go in and, and throw him out there, kind of give him some tread on his tires. That would be kind of fun. Um, JJ asks, what improvement can Mullen gain? Mullins gain starting the last couple of games instead of Hall, and if none, why not have Hall start? So I don't think this is the right way to go about it. They want to win games, right? Now, personally, I don't see the the Vikings going two and zero to end the season and then making the playoffs or whatever. But I don't have to. The Vikings have to see themselves doing that. They have to believe that they can. That's just it's it's survival in the NFL. If you the second you don't believe that you can, you might as well go home. So they are going to give start the quarterback that they think gives them the best chance to win. They think it's Mullins. If you disagree, that's valid, but they are going to do that and they're going to do so with conviction. Um, I don't see like either of those guys. I don't see two games doing a lot for either of those guys in their development, to be honest with you. A little bit of tread on Jaron Hall's tires. If if it's free, like, sure, why not? Right. That would be great. You might well like something that I think carries a, a lot of stakes. Um, so I, I don't think that. um I, I don't think looking at this as who develops more is the right way to look at it. But yeah, sure. If you really wanted to look at it that way, yeah, the rookie has more room to develop than the guy who's been in the league doing this the same way for, for a long time. Of course, Mullins is always going to play hero ball. We're just going to put up with that. Joe Renton says, can you give us your top three priorities for the off season? So priority is an interesting word because what is the most important thing is going to be different than what order things actually happen in. This happens every offseason. Look, look out for it. Watch for it. All right. And then come back to the show and tell me I was right. Uh, every year there is, you know, your big priority for me. Top priority is figure out quarterback, whether that's getting Kirk Cousins or not. Make your decision on that. But figure out quarterback. Uh, your next uh, priority is get Justin Jefferson extended. Um, or maybe we can lump Justin Jefferson into Daniel Hunter and say get key players extended. That's your next priority. And then the third priority would be 
do well in the draft like the draft has to be part of the the priority thing as well right like there's a lot of leverage on that but if you're not talking about draft because like obviously like nobody says we'll do poorly in the draft this year right uh if you don't want to do that then i would say the next priority would be i i would say adding pass rush juice and i don't care if that's an edge rusher or a tackle or a linebacker that plays edge rusher sometimes or a, or a chess piece player or a blitzing safety we need pass rush juice because we can't uh win one-on-ones without pressure being manufactured by Brian Flores right now. And that was what happened against Cincinnati. Um, so yeah, that needs to change. Uh, but so th- there's my, there's my three priorities, right? But that's not going to happen in those orders, right? Uh, th- they're going to like resign Brandon Powell or something first, which I would actually dig. Uh, but because that's like easy, right? That's, that's when you get like the random kind of one year depth guys that show in, they're not saying we think Brandon Powell is more important than our quarterback situation. And I think if you genuinely think that that's an opinion, anyone in the Vikings holds, I think you got to look in the mirror and ask yourself why you're not giving them more credit, but it's because it's so easy. You might as well get it done. And they already know what they are planning to spend on Kirk cousins. So they already know if whether or not they can afford Brandon Powell. So signing Brandon Powell is not going to be, oh my God, they signed Brandon Powell before they signed Justin Jefferson. They're not prioritizing Brandon Powell over Justin Jefferson. They just know that they're going to have that money left over and he wants to sign it. And it's why wait, just get it done because it's easy to get done and there's less negotiation to do with that. It's going to take less time than Justin Jefferson, who's probably going to want to haggle a little bit, right? That's all fine. So what happens first will not be the priority. That's the the point, I guess, that I want to make. Similarly, Chuck the Bowler asks, is there any world, Quasi doesn't sign JJ to whatever the F he wants this offseason, man, is there a world? I guess, right? We don't know Quasi that well. Maybe he does. I think that would be colossally stupid. I think a world where the, the Vikings do not sign Justin Jefferson and do not have a serious quarterback is a world... Like that that feels like the worst possible situation. I don't know what is worth that for Quasi, right? Like what 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 would you to what end? For for what? Uh and so I don't really I don't I don't know him that well, so maybe he would have some other grandmaster plan that that he feels is more valuable than Justin Jefferson, but I just can't really even think of what that would be. Giving him the most benefit of the doubt possible. Like what would that what could be better than Justin Jefferson? You see that guy play? What could be better? Uh so I would be stunned um now do they maybe let him play on his fifth year option and then negotiate under the threat of the franchise tag and see if they can get more money that way maybe that kind of hardball i think in the long run though does not make for a successful nfl culture if you ask me uh i've got a whole bunch more questions to get through here so i'm just going to keep on scrolling this old twitter thread and uh answer your stuff so we got a lot left to do Today's episode of Locked on Vikings is brought to you by FanDuel. Very interesting stuff going on in FanDuel. If you want to hit those MVP bets, might be a little late to get value on Lamar Jackson, who just went off on the 49ers. He is now at minus 180. He's the front runner. Brock Purdy falls all the way down to plus 1900. So if you still believe Brock Purdy can win MVP after being benched, I don't. But if you do, you can get him at plus 1900. Or you can go in and get Josh Allen or Tua Tagovailoa if you want Uh, a, a spicy late december prop bet you can also find all kinds of things like props uh player props spreads over unders and of course money lines and if you are new to fandle you can go to fandle.com slash locked on and make a five dollar money line bet on any money line you want it can be a, a huge huge overwhelming favorite whoever that is if that guy that wins 
you get 150 bucks back in bonus bets. That's 30 to 1 odds on an overwhelming favorite. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. You can find that at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sportsbook of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day, including here over this holiday season. I hope you all are having a lo- I hope you all had a lovely Christmas weekend, kind of long Christmas weekend. hope you didn't have to go back to school or work too soon. Um. Let's keep going with this Twitter Tuesday episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. And there was one question I definitely wanted to answer. I don't remember who uh, asked it. I will find it in a second. But uh, they asked me for New Year's resolutions for the Minnesota Vikings. I think that's so cute. New Year's resolutions for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, That came from... I'll find it. Um, So my New Year's resolution, this is the last Twitter Tuesday before the New Year. So I figured what a great time to say what the New Year's resolutions for the Vikings are. And I think that the important thing that the Vikings have to focus on for me is getting better pass rush. But uh, New Year's resolutions to me are more vibes based. That's what I do, right? Like my New Year's resolution this year was that I wanted to be a more regular cook. A more regular home. I wanted to get into the habit of cooking for myself every night instead of ordering out or whatever, save money, be healthier. Um, but I wanted to just, I, I wanted to say, I feel like a more regular cook. That, that's not, I don't do the like smart goal thing where it has to be like this measurable deal. I cook three times a week or anything like that. Uh, Ed Helinski, that's who asked this question. Thank you, Ed. Um, and I think for the Vikings, it's to remove the stupid stuff the way I talk about it with my dad the stupid crap that is stuff like your headset went out and you couldn't get the play in in a crucial spot in uh you know in a tight game against the Chargers stuff like back-to-back false starts which happen against the Lions here um you can't do anything about your quarterback tearing his Achilles and it gives a lot of leeway for like that will excuse a lot of failures like four interceptions yeah that's not on Quasi man your quarterback got hurt like you did the best you could uh with with the resources available like it's fine um but what is on i think the organization i think a big one is the turf the turf caused a lot of issues a lot of slippage guys were slipping in that lions game guys are slipping all the time on your own home turf to me that's embarrassing more than it is just like a thing but like gear crap it's free to fix that right it's free to fix the disaster fumble ruski nonsense thing on a third and one play where you called a trick play, right? It's free to avoid a, a stupid 15 yard penalty after what would have been like a six yard gain on first down 
that's the kind of stuff that's free. It doesn't cost any cap space or draft picks to fix that. It's just discipline. So maybe get disciplined. That might be a better way. And, and, and that's on the sideline too, getting your play in late. And then you're at the, you know, stuck at the line of scrimmage and the, and the play is, is too late. You get delay of games or you need to call timeouts or the, the other team can time the snap count that happened to the Vikings, a bunch versus the Bengals. I'm sure you would see it a bunch on the lions. I, I wasn't really paying too much attention to the play clock, but that would be it. Get rid of the soup, stupid stuff. That's my new year's resolution for the Vikings. Somebody else asked, I got to find it again, uh, about, it was from Troy boy who asks what happens to Kirk's void years cap hit. If he resigns, what a great question. If you go to patreon.com slash Luke Brown NFL and you click on the football two Oh one, uh, category, the like collection that has, um, three episodes, three, three videos that I am unbelievably proud of it has my brian flores tutorial has my pass protection tutorial and then the third one is pursuant to your question which is uh the the one that says let's count beans it's all about the cap and it explains all of this stuff but i'll give you a quick rundown let's say that uh i sign a one-year deal for for eight dollars let's keep the the numbers very nice and small and i'm probably only worth eight bucks anyways <laughs> so one year deal for eight dollars but let's say that you don't have eight dollars in cap space and you need to get that down you would add void years and convert some of that to signing bonus which would spread that money through those void years so those void years are fake years the contract is has a scheduled date where that player is going to be released so there's i forget the date off the top of my head but there's a date where Kirk cousins is going to be cut by the vikings released by the vikings and if nothing happens, that date will pass. The contract, uh, void out the, the, the void will trigger and Kirk Cousins will become a free agent and all of the dead cap, which is all of the money that was converted into signing bonus and spread out into future years will then be due against the cap immediately. The Vikings will have to take that as a salary cap charge. If he resigns, that void won't happen. And that acceleration won't happen. So that money will stay spread out. Uh, I believe it's 28 million would be the dead cap hit if he signs. If if he does not sign, if he does sign, uh, he will. There will be a 10 million dollar signing bonus charge that's already part of his contract that will be tacked on to whatever new money he gets. So let's say he gets 20 million dollars, it'd be a 30 million cap hit. And then 18 and a half million will then hit the Vikings books, but not until 2025, which is feels better than 28 million. Right. Uh, so it spreads it, keeps it spread out a little bit more and allows you to kind of take all of that extra guarantees and uh, get out from under the, the Spielman contracts a little bit. Uh, Yoink, give me that <laughs> says, is the hall situation like the Mon situation where the fans wanted to see him play, but the coaching staff didn't because they knew he wasn't good slash ready. Um, so I don't think Hall is as bad as Kellen Mond was. I think I think right now, blow for blow, I'm taking Jaron Hall over Kellen Mond a million percent, um, just based off of what we saw in like preseason and or camp. But uh, I do think that yeah, the fans want to see him because he is an un unknown, right? And a question mark feels better than four interceptions. And I think it's really difficult. I mean, how many times do you always hear how can't possibly get worse? Can it? Do not challenge them. It can absolutely get worse. And that's their opinion, right? That they think it'll get worse. Now, it is valid to say, no, I think Jaron Hall is better than Nick Mullins. But I think the take has to be, I have seen what Jaron Hall has done. I've seen what Nick Mullins has done. And my opinion is that he is better. Right? It has to be that. And it can't be, well, Nick Mullins is so bad. This mystery thing surely must be better. That logic does not follow. And if, you, if it does, you haven't been watching the Vikings for long enough. Uh, the Weird Al of Wrestling Figures 
says, how do coaches strategize how much to show when playing a team two or maybe three times in a short span? Would they hold back on adjustments during the first game? On adjustments, I don't think so. I think you're just trying to win there, right? Especially it's like division on the line. They feel like the stakes are high enough. But I would say you make that first game plan with the idea that you're going to subvert that in the next game because you get to show them something, right? You get to show them a look. And then the next game, you show them a different look. So both teams are going are gonna to do some of that stuff and they're going to look and, and watch the tape. You got, you got to see, if you, if you showed all your staples against the Lions, which I think both the Vikings and Lions mostly lived in their staples, that most teams do. You, so you saw all your staples and you saw how they respond to all those staples. So now the second game gets to be, okay, how do we beat those responses? And th- the game is going to come down to who has a better answer to that question. Um... Brian London calling Sandinista asks, do you think Madison is the starting running back next season? Competition, I, I got to say. I, I don't think so. I think Madison felt functionally benched. We'll really see on Sunday Night Football. Um, It might have been a pitch count thing. But to me, you're either healthy enough to play or you're not. So it felt a little bit like a benching. And if Madison were the starter, but on a pitch count, I think he would have been introduced at the stadium as the starter. But they said starting at running back, 32 Ty, Ty Chandlers. I think Ty Chandler is the starter now. So I it's, that tells me that those two guys are going to, at the very least, be in an open competition. Maybe you cut Madison for like cap space or whatever, right? Like that could be something. I don't have his contract in front of me, but that's something to talk about. Um, But... I would say at the very least 50 50 competition. And then maybe you throw a third guy in there. And that guy's probably not Ken and who I think kind of sucks at running. (laughs) Both like logic. He must because otherwise there's been too many opportunities to get him in there. Um, But I I would say the uh, odds on favorite would be like a draft pick. I would love a free agent. I would love to bring in like, Tony Pollard, right? If the Cowboys don't bring him back, it kind of feels like they might not. He's on that franchise tag. Like, give me a free agent or a cool veteran, somebody that we know we can rely on to to fill that hole. And I think because the running back market is so depressed, that guy won't break the break the bank too bad. Um, and stop trying to like develop. Let me just get somebody who we know is is awesome with the ball in his hands and can read stuff right. And then just move on and have this problem be solved. And I, I actually think the running back market might have become a market inefficiency because of how little running backs are getting paid nowadays. I have a whole bunch more questions and I want to make sure that I get to them all. So uh, let's try to finish this thing strong on Twitter Tuesday on the Locked On Vikings podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Vikings is brought to you by Game Time, the best place to find last minute tickets. If you have tried to get to a Vikings game since, say, Halloween, or maybe you, you really liked that 49ers game and you tried to go buy tickets, they were probably marked up to heck, right? It's a nightmare to find tickets last minute to NFL games and to all sports games. And Game Time has that, as well as concerts, comedy shows, and theater, all that stuff. And you can find it all on the Game Time app. So go download the Game Time app today and you can use code LOCKEDONNFL for 20 bucks off. They have their zone deals where you pick the section and Game Time picks the row for you and you can get an average of 18% savings because they can use that flexibility to like find you really, really good deals, right? If you have a whole section to pick from. 
Uh, if you find the same section in the same row for less, Game Time will also credit you 110% of the difference. They're that confident that they can get you the best deal in town. So go once again to the Game Time app, download it, use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off at Game Time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Keeping it rolling here with this episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. The next one I wanted to answer, fascinating idea, comes from Scott Graham, who says, Thoughts on Bill Belichick becoming the Vikings DC. Can it happen? Okay, what a fascinating idea. Uh... It feels like such a pipe dream. I I don't think so. I don't think Bill Belichick would take a DC job. I think if he wants to go back into coaching, someone will hire him as an as a head coach. He has a, enough of a reputation for that. Um, the only way I see him taking a DC job is if he decides to because of like the stress level of head coaching, and he decides I'm old. I'll I'll take a chill DC job. Um, but if I'm wrong about that, and if if because of how poorly this Patriots season has gone. Uh, Bill Belichick is too much of, uh, you know, is, is too radioactive to get a head coaching job or whatever. Um, I could see if he's going to pick a DC job, I could see it being the Vikings shop for one. Brian Flores is running 60% Belichick stuff. Belichick would come in. I would very much trust Belichick to like have the right ideas about defense, right? For two, he did trade for Kevin O'Connell once, <laughs> Like they know each other. He, they, they have a relationship, a very good relationship. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that Kevin O'Connell still texts Bill Belichick and gets advice from him, like even in the middle of the season. Um, so I, he says, I love the, the idea of Matt LaFleur prepping to play Belichick, knowing Belichick spent the whole week only thinking about defense. Yeah. And then that might be something like if he wants that, right. Um, it, it, it is a fantastic fit to dream about, but I don't think that there is a world where, where Bill Belichick doesn't just take another head coaching job. Like he's, he's, he could go be the head coach of the Chargers instead. He won't take that over a DC job, even in a team he feels like he fits. Um, Andrew Schaefer says, what exactly was Evans doing so badly that he got benched? Were the mistakes more so issues with scheme, technique, game plan, or something else? curious what the tape tells because of travel i haven't been able to like watch the tape as uh closely as i usually would by this point in the week but what i will say is from where i was sitting dude missed a lot of tackles man he got juked by jameer gibbs he got juked by uh i think he got juked by josh reynolds once or something he got juked by alma ross and brown you can't miss tackles and be in this uh be on this team if you want more you can listen i ranted really hard about that uh on yesterday's show so you can go listen to that if you want but this is a defense where tackling is everything and if you miss tackles, you're getting pulled. But what I will say is I think there is a world where you can pull a uh, you, you can pull a player and say, look, it's not your day, but we're you're not fired from your job permanently. But we just got to shut you down today because you're just out of it. You're just off. And that's all right. And we'll we'll go to the tape. We'll figure out why we'll work on it. We'll get you back in there. But I don't I don't know. I, I would be sh- pretty surprised with the season that Caleb Evans has had on the whole. If we like suddenly see Andrew Booth starting or something like that, that would be 
interesting, especially considering we don't know if Byron Murphy's even going to play. So they might not even have the luxury of doing that. Um, Bings asks, what is a bigger need in the draft? Drafting your future franchise QB and letting him sit behind Kirk, or do you go with the best defensive player on the board with it being an edge or a corner? Okay, so I'm not going to answer a lot of questions like this until we're like deep in draft season. We're talking after free agency, the first like couple days of free agency, that kind of big week, right? When you're like mid-March, late March. That's when I really start hitting the draft. My answer to this is always going to be boring. It's always going to be who's better. Who does better for your team? Um... I think drafting your future QB, whether or not you have Kirk, is a great idea. But don't take a QB just to take a QB. That's how you get Christian Ponders, right? Um, Take the best defensive player on the board. If the best defensive player on the board is Mike Hughes, maybe don't do that, right? Like, you gotta hit on the pick. And ultimately, the way we will look back on drafts, we very rarely say, man, they took the wrong position. Right. When you say they t- they picked Laquan Treadwell, who's the guy that we always talk about in that 2016 draft that the Vikings should have taken? It's not Will Hernandez anymore. It's Michael Thomas. They should have taken Michael Thomas. It's a different guy at the same position. Right. Um, it's really rare, I feel like, to, to look at it and say, well, gosh, they just didn't prioritize their roles correctly. No, if they whiffed on a pick, we're mad that that dude is bad. But if Laquan Treadwell were Michael Thomas, we wouldn't talk about Will Hernandez at all. And that's the way we see these things in hindsight. Um, Stampede asks, after seeing KOC with a few other QBs this season, can we draw conclusions about what style and qualities you'd like to see in our QB to fit the system? Or do you think KOC would be able to adjust with a full offseason install? Personally, I think we have seen KOC adjust his offense pretty hard to a bunch of different styles of QB, right? Like, being willing to install zone read on the fly in the middle of a week because that's just what Josh Dobbs does well tells me, even though that stuff didn't really work, it made the run game better, but he never kept it. And that's just because of the way the Raiders played it. Um, the fact that he was willing to try that tells me, yeah, if you get Jaden Daniels, the offense is going to look different than if you if you pick like Michael Penix, right? Uh, it's just going to be different. So I, I do believe that that Kevin O'Connell will will adapt things that said there are certain things you cannot live without. Right. You cannot live without good timing. So if I wa- throw on tape and that dude's slow as heck, I'm saying he's not as he's not going to be a Viking, because if you have if you take forever to get rid of the ball, a lot of the concepts that that these McVay style offenses really uh, hang their hats on fall entirely apart those that timing needs to be very precise so i'm looking for precise passing um which like i know that that's a thing about caleb williams and i wouldn't be surprised to to see caleb williams go later in the draft than you think because he holds on to the ball really really long even though those college defenses couldn't punish him as much and you got all kinds of cool highlights running around i wouldn't be shocked to see that matter a little bit more than you think to nfl teams brian shiel asks uh, our defensive special teams always instructed to be aware of the fake punt, but occasionally fall asleep typing the seconds after the chiefs fake punt. Um, so the way I understand it with special teams, it goes a lot of different ways. Um, sometimes they will see a look on tape and this goes for punt blocks or kick blocks, um, fakes, field goals and punts, all of that stuff. Sometimes, they will see a look on tape and they will say, okay, this is how, like, let's say their punt block team likes to overload to one side. Um, and you go, okay, if they overload to that side, 
alert it and we're going to check into a fake punt that that attacks the other side. And that was actually the Ty Chandler fake that was that the Bengals game that that happened in uh or was that maybe the Bears game? I forget which game that was. Um but but Ty Chandler had a big long run. I think it was the Bears game. Had a big long run on a fake punt. That was that. That was we saw a look and we were going to attack it as the second they put it out there. Sometimes there it will be a little bit more improvisational where the punt team will try to punt block and they'll actually bring all their jammers to the inside and they say we're not going to jam the punt gunners at all and we're going to try to punt block and well then suddenly you have an uncovered guy out there lining up at wide receiver so we're going to throw to him the vikings caught the saints on that on a fake punt last year in london i remember that one so i could see um a lot of different ways to get to it. I do not believe it's often the defense just stopped paying attention. Like it's not like, Oh, they were snoozing and they were lazing through it. A lot of times it's that there's, there is some sort of formational thing that they're taking advantage of. Um, or sometimes it's, we're just going to be aggressive and try to catch them. And we're just going to try to, we're just going to try to do this and hope that, that it's a surprise. And for that reason, uh, like Mike Zimmer always put the starters on punt, punt defense teams. Like all the starters out there, and and he could just check into a defensive regular coverage and say, "Well, now your special teams is against my defense. You're never going to convert this." Um, but to me, it's usually a little bit more uh, purposeful and intentional than just, "Oops, we they fell asleep and we got them." Like it, it is a little bit of we got them, but it's we got them because we saw X go to to place Y and we figured out that we could take advantage of that. You know, it's a little more schematic than that. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. I got one more coming from this uh, weird den <laughs> that is my my brother in law's basement, uh, which is where I'm staying for Christmas, and then I'll be back at the 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 at home at the normal setup. So if all that really bugs you, that'll be uh, it's it's one more. I'll see if I can't watch a little tape for tomorrow. I'll see y'all for that. And as always, skull. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.